Our first lesson this morning comes from the 31st chapter of Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. The second lesson this morning comes from the fifth chapter of Hebrews. So also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Having been designated by God, a high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. Here ends the lesson. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 12th chapter. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, and Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And the crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. I apologize. I honestly just don't have much voice and I'm running a fever. So my head is about 600 places. We're going to watch a video, which is something I've never done before. But I want to tell you why I think it's important, even though I'd love to preach to you today. I, I, I still think it fits, and I, I think it's good. Sharon was absolutely right. Lent gets really, really 
hard. It does. A couple weeks ago, we had a gospel lesson about Jesus saying that it's time to pick up our cross and follow. And today, we have a lesson that talks about if you want to lose your life, you're going to gain it. This is not something you and I want to sign up for. This is, this is not the kind of Jesus we want to follow. We, we want to jump straight to that resurrection Jesus, you know? And if we had our way, there are lots of things in this life that we would not want to have to deal with. We would not want to have to deal with sickness, <laughs> and this is nothing. We would not want to have to deal with wars. We would not want to have to deal with death and grieving. We would not want to have to deal with racism or sexism. We would not want to have to deal with poverty. These are not things that we would take unto ourselves. But what I want you to hear the gospel proclaiming this morning is, is while those things are part of our world, they don't have to identify us. They do not have to own us, and that is not who we are as, as Christians. Even though they might be part of your life and they might be part of mine, it is not who we are. Who we are as, as Christians, we are those people who are called to follow Jesus Christ, to, to pick up our cross, to offer up our life for our brothers and sisters. We can do that in real and tangible ways. I think sometimes we, we think, oh, we're too small and our world is too big the, that we don't think of the ways in which we can make a change and affect a difference in our world. And I want you to watch this video, this video on, on Lutheran world relief, and I want you to hear how Lutherans are changing the world. And hopefully you will be just as inspired as I was when I saw this video. And think about the small things that we can do together or as individuals that are reaching out to our brother and sister that is choosing the resurrection Christ. Okay, please watch with me. Justice, dignity, and peace. Justicia, dignidad, and peace. Justice, Dignity Amarty, and peace. Samartliani, justice, dignity, Justicia, and peace. Justice, justice, dignity, and peace. Dignity, la justice, peace. la dignité, justice, la paix. dignity, and we peace. We work to create a world where each person in every generation lives in justice, dignity, and peace. It's the joy of seeing on a community's face the first time water trickles down a hand-dug gravity flow water system and comes into a communal holding tank or the first time they have water for their fields that really makes my job feel really worthwhile. In every community and every country people live without the fear of uh, armed conflict and without the fear of insecure future. You know if people are able to have enough food, enough water, if their children are able to go to school, if they're able to practice their religion, those are, you know, they're fundamental human rights, and it's what we'd like every community to have. I think our um, practice of accompaniment is what sets us apart. Um, we're not a charity organization. We work with organizations within the countries where we work, and our aim is to empower those communities um, to be able 
to lift themselves out of poverty. Accompaniment is classically Lutheran. Uh, Lutheran World Relief does its work based on accompaniment, which means that we walk with and we do with instead of doing for. Because we're a small organization, we can really get to know the partners we're working with. We can share in their own joys and sorrows. They become almost an extended family for us. LWR is an organization that really works to find local communities and local organizations that share our values, that share our aspirations for a world that is filled with peace and dignity and justice. We don't dictate, we learn, we ask, and we listen, and we take our cues from what the community tells us. I've seen LWR do some incredibly creative, community-based work on hunger and poverty that, in the scheme of things, may not seem huge, but have clearly permanently changed these communities and made a significant, lasting impact. Hundreds of uh, people and so many children, especially, are dying because of uh, fevers, because of the basic healthcare problems. If there's investment in communities, and if there, there's an investment in individual people's lives, that it can really make a difference, and that sustainable development really is possible. We're able to at least understand the context and work with communities to identify where they're coming from, and what are things um, that they may want to consider changing. What, what can they do um, to make sure that the programs that they're involved in are useful, and appropriate for all members of their communities. Being from a country that is going through a conflict uh, for a long time, and where uh, we have many people displaced by violence, I understand very well the importance of the work the work that LWR does, and also in the way that LWR does that work, is the way that LWR take into account very seriously the participation of communities globally in building their own future. Fair trade is important because it guarantees a fair price to the producer overseas. If you buy a cup of coffee from a national chain in the United States, what you're paying may be 90 times more than what the actual producer of coffee in Nicaragua or in Uganda is actually receiving. So fair trade actually guarantees a minimum price for the coffee or for the other product that that farmer is growing. It's something they can depend on and it's a fair recompense for their labor um, and their input. I just came back from a trip to Niger and I visited a project that had actually finished in 2002 and it was a dairy project that involved uh, loans for cows and it, the, the initial herd started with 30 cows, uh, 30 members and the, the project has now grown to such an extent that they have 60 cows in the herd, they've hired on a cow herd and they're, they're continuing to produce milk for sale. Um, for me, it was just an amazing example of how community development projects can really work. If you're a quilter, keep quilting. The quilts are amazing. I've been in Peru and I've seen quilts distributed to people 
who were victims of floods, who had lost everything they owned, and these quilts were an anchor back to the world. When I traveled to India and Indonesia to look at areas that had been affected by the tsunami, a little bit over a year after the tsunami happened, I was impressed and changed by a couple of the things I saw consistently. The people who had been so drastically affected by the tsunami were quickly brought into changing their community, they were empowered, they saw how they might be able to sustain themselves beyond the relief phase. So I was really impressed with the fact that while we were doing relief, we were also doing development and, in a sense, changing the future for these people and their communities. When I went to Bolivia a month or so ago, and we went to a community, a remote community in Tinkipaya, and one of the community members came up to me and he told me, Miss, we no longer consider ourselves poor. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, because thanks to the work that LWR has been doing in this community, we can now enjoy potable water. Our children are no longer getting sick, um, and we have electricity. And he said, well, just to have a taste of that, that, just to just to experience that makes me think that we are no longer poor. We work in the Philippines, in the island of Mindanao, an area that's been fraught with conflict and war for years and years, as well as very large levels of poverty. And we work with very, very poor rural fishing communities. And I was in a village several months ago talking to a husband and a wife about their lives. And this was a couple that was desperately poor. And that poverty over the last couple of years had really put a strain on their marriage. And one of the things that they said about our project was that now that their income was better, and now that they were getting themselves back on their feet, the woman turned to me and she said, now my husband can tell me he loves me again. Lutheran World Relief taught me how to really put my faith into action and to reach out to neighbors in need and empower them to do what they need to do. You can help. To support LWR, you can make contributions. You can share your gifts with others around the world. You can also learn about LWR's programs and help to inform uh, your friends, your family, and other members of your community here about the work that LWR does. You can make a difference. Everyone can make a difference. Uh, LWR is a family of people committed to the same ideals and the same faith and the same belief. And with funding support, advocacy support, and learning support, you can make a difference. You can help. You can pray for Lutheran World Relief. You can pray for the people we serve. You can pray for our staff. You can get people together in your congregation and in your community to sew quilts, to put together health kits, to put together layettes. You can hold fundraisers. You can drink fair trade coffee. You can make a difference. You can also take up a signature campaign, write to your congressman, urge them to take action, to support more funding for overseas development, to take action against policies that contribute to conflict overseas. You can help. You can make a difference. You can help. You can make a difference. You can make the difference. You can help. You can make a difference. Don't look for excuses. You can help. <laughs>